Hey, this is Latif Mikado, and you're listening to the Good Night Freestyle Podcast, where I take some time each night to try and reflect on the freestyle scene, where it is, where it's going, and try to figure out how to sustain it, not just for future generations to enjoy, but also to benefit. So sit back, relax, and let's talk some freestyle. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Latif, and welcome to the Good Night Freestyle Podcast. And this is episode 151. I'm hoping you guys are doing well today. It is, um, God, what is it? May 30th, 2020. Tonight's Saturday night. Um,. Anyone who's been following me, especially my TikToks, um, probably noticed that um, I didn't do one today. And I'm probably not going to do one tomorrow. Come Monday, I will continue. The reason being is today has probably been maybe uh, my saddest day in about 20 years. The last time I, I've been this sad, or this down, has been uh, was the was the time that my mom passed away, which was in 2001. April, I believe, it was April 16th of 2001. Well, this morning I got the the news that my my brother passed away, my older brother Dennis. He would have been 68 this month, June. I think it's like June 26th or 7th. Um, he had uh, gone on the road. Um, and it was... it was. Um, they're still trying to determine what exactly happened. He did not have the corona. He was in South Africa for like two months. Um, religious services for his church. And um, he's not a highly religious person. He's, But he does uh, contribute. And he went on, he went out there for two months right before the corona hit. He had been trying to get back here for a couple weeks, but there was uh, no flights. Uh, everything was uh, pushed, pushed away. <clears throat> he finally was able to uh, get a flight, and the flight that he got took him to Washington D.C. He lives in Connecticut, and then he rented a car and drove from there. <clears throat> you know, I, I spoke to him when he got home. You know, it was a joke on my end because I was like, okay, you really, you you couldn't wait to get home. So you you drove the rest of the way and he agreed. He said, yeah, I was tired of the flights. Well, you know, when he was in uh, in Africa, he got sick. And let me tell you something. In all the years I've known my brother, I've never known him to be sick. Not even with a cold. 
he was a vegan. He has been a vegan for about, I don't know, I believe over 20 years. And uh, I always looked at as a very healthy, healthy individual. Um, when I was a kid, I don't know, maybe 12, he bought me my first pair of weights for my birthday. I remember I thought he was so strong because it was 110 pounds. And that was actually more than I weighed, I think, at that time. <laughs> and he had the box of weights in one hand and the, the, the barbell in the other hand. I, that's how he brought it to, the, to my house, you know. My brother and I, we have different fathers, but the same mom. I have uh, him, it's me, him, and my sister, Cindy. Yeah, she's older than me, too. She's a year younger than Dennis. And I'm 13 years younger than the two of them. Well, Cindy and I'm 14 years younger than my brother. And um, and though we didn't have the same father, um, we were very close. I mean, extremely close. I mean, those were my mother's kids. So I spent most of my time with them. Now, I've spoken about my, my brother and sister on my father's side and were close as well, but we didn't really grow up together because they had a different mother. And, you know, they go where the mother goes. And, um... So, you know, growing up, I had no father. There was no father figure. He was the closest father figure I could have. But even when we were younger, um, he did certain things and with me, and he took me places. But I was always very shy around him. He was like the big brother that uh, would pop up and take me out or buy me things. And I always thought he was so cool. Really thought he was so cool. Um, was a ladies' man, always had, always had girlfriends, and he ended up uh, marrying his uh, his sweetheart. So, um, yeah, he had a, his wife Debbie, who he first started going out with, and then years ago, I mean, I was a kid, and then they broke up for a little while, took a little break, and then they came back and got back together, and then got married, and had kids, and the whole works, and and then, I mean. Couldn't have asked for a better sister-in-law. She, she, I can't even, I don't even want to use the word in-law because she's like my sister. She, and they had two kids, Matthew and, and Alex. Great kids, great kids, both in the, well, yeah, both in their 20s. Oh, actually, I think Alex is in her 30s. I have to check. <laughs> I lost track. Um... They might both be both in their thirties. I don't even. I have to check. But um. But anyway, he came home and uh, everything seemed to be okay. But uh, he was sitting on the couch watching TV with his wife and never got back up. Never got back up. And uh, so they don't know if it was cardiac arrest. They don't know what happened. It was rough. It was rough. I'm, I'm still, it still doesn't make much sense to me. You know, my brother Dennis was an entrepreneur and he was very, one of the very few, if not the only one that really, really understood me, understood my way of thinking, understood my struggles, understood why I didn't just go and make life easy and just go get a regular job because he wouldn't do that. He exposed me to my first sales opportunities. Um, he got me really interested in 
a lot of things. He got me the first book ever on real estate. When I purchased my first home, he was my consultant. Of course, he never charges me for anything. Um, he was always very supportive of the entire family, no matter what was happening in the family. He was there, him and his family, his wife and his kids. Whether it was somebody's graduation, someone getting married, a funeral, he was there, a much better person than I am when it comes to that. He loved his family. He respected his family. He loved being around his family. I got to talk to him, you know, a couple of days, a few, a few days ago. I'm so glad I did. I spoke to him for a short while on his way home while he was still driving home. But I knew he was going to be tired when he got home, so I gave him a couple of days. Then I called him and we spoke for a little bit. Yeah, you know, he always loved to hear what I'm doing. He loved Angel. He loved my wife. He thought she was the best thing to ever happen to me, and I agree. Um, I used to love to tell him about what I was doing, what I'm up to, what I'm working on, because he was always so interested, and he would ask me all these questions, and. And it was, um, you know, things are going to be a little different right now. I mean, he was more to me than, uh, than just my brother. Much more to me than just my brother, you know. He was my friend, <laughs> my therapist. And uh, my cheerleader, my motivator, I found him to be so smart. Uh, and I aspired to, uh, there was a lot of things that, um, that he was about that, um, that rubbed off on me. Um, I've never in my life met an as honest person as I as he, and, and it's hard for people to understand what I mean with this. I'm talking about my brother was the type that if he was in, the, in a crowded hall, crowded room, and he found a $100 bill on the floor, he would hold the $100 bill up in the air and say, and wave and say, did anybody lose this? And it don't matter whether it was true or not. If someone raised their hand and said, yes, that was mine, he would gladly hand it to them. He wouldn't ask no proof. He wouldn't ask what's the serial numbers on it. Unless it was a wallet ID, that's different, you know. But if it was just a $100 bill on the floor, he would pick it up and wave it in the end. I'm not kidding. I've seen him do it. There's another time that we pulled up uh, to a toll booth and the person opened their door to throw the change into the, into the basket in New York and the whole entire wallet dropped out. And Dennis barked his horn. We were right behind him. Guy didn't pay it no mind. He just took off. 
Now we were in a rush. We had some place to go. He pulled up, put his change in the basket, picked up the wallet, and we drove. It feels like about 15 minutes till we finally caught up to the guy and gave him his wallet. And there was a lot of money in it. And the guy wanted to give Dennis something, and Dennis refused to take it. He won't take it. He wouldn't touch it. And growing up, me, I was never that honest. You know, my mentality back then would have been, oh, I found a $100 bill on the floor. I guess God left that for me. <laughs> you know? Not anymore. Not anymore. In fact, I don't think I've been like that for years. If it's not mine, it's not mine. I was, I would always admire him for that. He has no idea. He has no idea. Well, maybe he does now. I'm sure he's listening. It's the way that these people are. These are the things that people do that change you as a person. This is how I want to be. I want to be that kind of example for other people. More than anything else. I want to be that person. Because I admire it so much. Yeah, he's going to be missed. Like, I think with me... It's more than just my brothers. More than just my blood. It's, It's not about Christmas or get-togethers or family reunions, that goes without saying. With him, it was almost like a piece of my track is missing. This is the only way I can, I can think about, I can, I can put this together. You think of a train track. Think of a train track, and I'm this train, and I'm headed somewhere. And I'm just heading, and I'm, I'm heading, and now all of a sudden, there's a little piece of the track missing. It's going to slow me down for a second. It's going to stop me for a minute. Eventually, I'll find a piece to put there. I'll find something to put there so I can keep going. You know, but losing him, is that's what it means to me. Him and I really didn't get that close until my mother had passed. We were always close. And I I don't think he would ever have told me. But something tells me that my mom, on her deathbed, might have whispered to her, to him, and told him, watch out for your brother. Watch out for him. Make sure he's okay. I do not doubt that at for, not for a second because I know my mom and I know my brother and I don't believe that my brother would not have looked out for me anyway had my mother not tell him that. that's not what I'm saying he would have he would have done it anyway but I guarantee you she told him I was young I was out of prison for a few years had a young son, I just had a daughter, and though I, I, I told my mother, I'm okay, everything looked good, 
she didn't know if I would ever relapse. And she knew, because my mom used to make this, uh, she used to say this shit, she had the saying. <clears throat> and it's not a unique saying, I've heard it before, but she used to say, as long as I'm alive, you don't have nothing to worry about, I got you. But the day that I die, you're up the creek without a paddle. <laughs> Meaning, I'm on my own. Because she was my paddle. But I was able to do that. I was able to, I was up the creek without a paddle. And I still made it. I still, still made shit happen. And, you know, none of this takes away from my wife. Had my wife not been with me, forget it. She's my paddle. She's my double paddle. She's my, my outboard motor. You know? But my, my wife's not there to be my cheerleader. She's my partner in life, in love. So putting her in that category is, nah, she's more than that. Yeah, so it's a pretty sad day. This is why, you know, I just, I couldn't bring myself to do a TikTok because I do comedy. And... And I really had nothing. I really had nothing to joke about right now. I just, you guys would have hated that TikTok. It would have been horrible. Because <laughs> I have nothing to laugh about right now. So, but of course, you know, him and everybody else would want me to continue on. And I will. I will. I'm a little dried out now. Yeah, I have my... Those tears were rolling all day today. So many friends and family called today. I will not be posting this on my page. On social media, it's just... It's not what I like to portray. My podcast is different. The podcast is different because... This is more of my journal. This is me. And if you listen to it, then you know what's happening. But I don't need it. And if you're listening to it and we're at episode 151, then that means you've been hanging with me for a while. So I consider you guys my friends and I don't mind sharing this with you. But I won't post it for 90% of the people that don't know me and I don't know them. No, I won't. But anyway, yeah, I'm still shocked, people. I mean, still very much in shock. It's been a rough 2020, really rough 2020. But I'll be okay. I'll be fine. You know, it's part of life. I understand. I have to, you know, I have a family that depends on me, that looks up to me, and I have to push forward. So, anyway, you guys can hear Coco in the background. She sees a dog across the street. And why this dog is just 
sitting there. I don't know. But anyway. But that's about it, guys. I just wanted to share that with you today. Um, sorry that this one might have been a little bit on the down note. But um, I, um, I didn't want to let this podcast go by and not bring that up. I think it's important and I think I'll appreciate it even more uh, when I listen back to this in a few years or whatever. So, but anyway, listen, thank you again for everything. Be safe. Tell those you love that you love them. Never take anything for granted. Realize that no matter how much we exercise or how we diet or what we do to stay safe that we're not in control we're not in control so alright people be cool and until tomorrow good night freestyle before I lay me down to sleep I pray to hear a freestyle beat For if I die before I wake, I hope to make it to the break.